0: And welcome, fellow seekers, to episode number 159 of the podcast, God Beyond the Bible, the podcast created by seekers and for seekers. And what are our shout outs today, Trayson?
1: Our shout outs today are to A Legend is Born and Belinda. We're glad to have you guys listening.
0: Yeah.
2: Our quote is from Marcus Aurelius. He said, you have power over your mind, not outside events. Realize this and you will find strength.
0: That's good. That's good. Well, and and I found out one of the things that I've been thinking of for a long time is that what we're really praying for is we're always praying for deliverance and what we should pray for is strength Yeah, instead of deliverance. We always want to be delivered, but we don't want... We don't want to push through. We don't really want the strength to have to push through. We'd rather be delivered. And uh, let's just be honest, deliverance doesn't always come. Well, today's discussion topic is letting go. What do you think of when you hear the phrase letting go, when we're, of course, in emotional or spiritual terms?
1: For me, it's to stop obsessing over something or stop letting it control me.
0: Well, what are we letting go or releasing And to whom and what are we releasing it? I mean, might we say that we're letting go of thoughts of the deeds and experiences of our past and we're releasing the energy and emotion attached to them into the universe to disappear, to dissolve? I I mean, is that the way to look at it?
1: It's really making my mind let go of something, you know, when it gets a hold on something, forcing it to let go so that, again, I'm not obsessing over
0: well, we're going to talk about it. And, and really, we blame our mind for those things. But we're really, I think we're really, I think we actually put that in there and, and we tell our mind, we need to obsess over this. We need to, <laughs> we need to really hang on to this. We need to think about it. Well, before we get into more, or we get more specific in, in things we need to let go, might we say that anything that doesn't serve us in a positive way, we should release? more especially if there's dark and negative emotions attached to it. And isn't it amazing that we tend to want to hang on to those? We don't hang on to the good stuff.
1: And I do that myself, and especially those things that haunt me at like 3 o'clock in the morning when you wake up and you see those memes on Facebook that go around with the person almost asleep, and then their brain goes, do you remember that time in third grade? And their eyes are wide open. I do that to myself, but too.
0: What what do you think it means, anything that doesn't? Because that's what they were told all the time. Anything that doesn't serve us in a positive way, we should release.
1: Well, anything that doesn't serve you, that doesn't feed you good energy, is taking away mm-hmm. positive energy from your life.
0: Well... Some may say that it's our false sense of being in control Mm -hmm. and our distrust of God and the universe to produce a desired outcome that causes us to want to hold on to these negative thoughts and life patterns. What do you think?
1: I think so. I don't think that I like the idea that I said or did something that didn't fit with my own narrative that I have of who I am and what I do. So I feel like part of me is constantly trying to nitpick it or force it to fit into that mold of what I think. My ego mm-hmm. thinks that I am.
0: Well, we talked about trust. Isn't it really, though, that mm-hmm. we just don't trust divine providence? We mm-hmm. don't trust, uh, you know, we've got the better answer. We've got the only answer. Yes. And any other answer is less than a desired answer. And, and so really, I think someone said that desire is always the source of all of our... Uh, Suffering? Uh, yes. I think yeah. that was Buddha. Uh, it was, but yeah. yeah it's. But uh,
1: in many other teachers, and as many words...
0: I think Alan Watts had one on you know mm-hmm. he did that on trust. I think he was the one that said, you know, uh, our desire, and I think he said that. Uh, then and it might it was from Buddha because he did a lot of the Buddha stuff and it, and he was talking about said that uh, it's desire and then you find out your desire not to desire and that's a desire.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's, it's it's a hard circle to break.
0: Uh, for some of us, might our religion have become a perceived avenue of hanging on to things and circumstances with the motive of influence the situation for desired outcome. And, and I think maybe that would be better stated is, as a, our, doesn't our religion really teach us to hang on to things you remember when you did this remember when the you, you were remember how you used to be remember you know we're always taught to remember and hang on to those negative things you know we've got to always go back to i mean how many how many messages how many speakers have you had come and their whole thing was about how screwed up their past was mm-hmm. yeah and that's their only that's their whole testimony uh Let's begin with letting go of past events that produce negative emotions. Now Tracy mentioned an interesting point in one of our latter podcasts of remembering an embarrassing event from our childhood, such as wetting our pants at school, and harboring that memory with the intent of experiencing that emotional trauma each time we remember it. Uh you know, it's innocent, it's harmless within itself, yet each time we think of it, we are embarrassed all over again. Now why do you think we do that?
1: I think because it's something that's out of our control. It's hard to.
0: But why do we torture ourselves? Why do we do that? Why? What is it in us that makes us want to hang on to stuff that bring us grief?
1: I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's, I've done it for so long. I feel like that's the way I'm wired. Like it's hard for me to go deep enough that i can think of the reasons behind it if that makes sense
2: yeah but are we wired that way because of environment because of there's so 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 much tragedy around us are we wired that way because we grew up as christians where we're worthless we have no real value that's probably
0: all of those things and probably uh survival mode too A lot of this just leads back to living and survival. All I got to do is survive today. If I can just get through this, if I can just make today, tomorrow, maybe tomorrow will be better. Maybe next week will be, maybe next month, maybe next year will be a better year than this year. Um, You know, we may blame our minds for this, and I've already mentioned this, but if our minds are really an instrument to serve our spirit, and that's what it's supposed to be, uh, if our minds are really an instrument to serve our spirit, then aren't we somehow maintaining or preserving this thought intentionally? Even though it doesn't serve us in any positive way. I mean think about of, it. We blame our mind for a lot, and I used to do that. I'd blame well my mind. It's my mind is it my mind's not the enemy. I train the mind. It's supposed to be we talked about here in a couple of episodes ago that our mind is like the unruly child. It's the undisciplined child. If if we're not disciplined in our spirit, and we don't discipline our mind, it's like the undisciplined child. It just throws a, you know, it just goes any direction it wants to go at any time.
1: And I'll, I will agree with you on that to a degree, but I think that we have to keep in mind, too, that a lot of us, myself specifically, have let my mind be in control for so long. It's really hard for me to pull it back. Well, still, I'm think, still really struggling with that.
0: I think it comes down to our identity. Our identity. Is our mind who we are? And it's not.
1: No, it's not.
0: Our mind. Our mind is an instrument that we have. Our mind is an instrument that we have developed and we've you know we've nurtured it in one way and usually in a lot of negative ways
1: but you know we're taught almost really taught that our mind is who we are that's and it and so it's hard to make that at least for me it's been very hard to make that break between
0: we might interject here that someone from our youth may bring up something Mm -hmm. equally embarrassing from our childhood that we've totally forgotten about why is it that we've released one and we've held on to the other
1: that's a good question.
0: Uh, you know, we're talk- wetting our pants in kindergarten was likely not the most embarrassing thing we've ever endured, and it was obviously outside our ability to prevent or control at the time. Yet we hold on to, let's say, that experience, and we've released others that were equally embarrassing. Why do you think that is?
1: And I really thought on this for a while, and I don't know why we choose to expend so much energy on, you know wetting your pants in first grade instead of in kindergarten or whatever you know event that you did that
2: but don't you think it's because of a wound maybe that you haven't healed yourself you haven't really forgiven yourself for because most of the time mine are not really embarrassing moments it's things I said and did and I was like why did I do that
0: well And even those, I mean, it's not just, you know, we've kind of just stayed with the theme of the pant witty, you know, or the embarrassment of that because that's just, it's benign. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we, we, I think we keep going back to it. And I think what we did, I think some of that other stuff, we never went back to it. yeah. But some of the things we just keep going back to and we keep them alive. We just keep reviving them. And actually we build on them. We just add strength to those things. Are we keeping these negative thoughts with all the negative emotions attached to them alive? That's what I was just talking about. By continuing to attach more and more negative emotions to them each time we review them. I mean, think about it. The friend brings up, oh, I, I, don't, I don't even remember that. I mean, I've had friends to bring things up to me. Said, do you remember? And I said, I don't even remember that. Mm-hmm. I, no, I can't. I can't even remember that. But yet some of the silliest things... That I've kept That's alive, some of the silliest mind. memories that I've kept alive, and of course, those memories are always those that have the negative attachments to them.
1: I think it was it was think not Han that um, discussed that if you every time you think of something, you add fresh emotion to it. If you don't add emotion to something, eventually those emotions wear out and die because emotions have an expiration date, and mm. the situations will end in your mind. Like when you think about maybe your first boyfriend or girlfriend that you had in your childhood, you probably don't still experience real emotion toward that like you did maybe right after you broke up. Right. Because Mm -hmm. as time has gone on, you stopped putting emotion into that and those emotions expired after a while. So I think we have a tendency to just keep adding that emotion right back in and building and building Mm -hmm. and building on it.
0: What are some of the steps we can take to release? We're talking about letting go, of course. Our theme is letting go or releasing. Uh, what are some steps we can take to release or let go of some of those negative events from the past? Might the first step be to start forgiving ourselves for our missteps and our mistakes? Uh, it might be said that we are less forgiving of ourselves than we are of others. I know we're always taught in the Christian religion. We're always quick to forgive ourselves and make an excuses for ourselves. But that's not really true. No that's really I used to think that that's not really true uh, uh, it might be said that we are less forgiving of ourselves than we are of others do we secretly judge ourselves with a much harsher standard than we do others and then do we tend to project this rigid standard on others is that why we find ourselves so judgmental are we really judging by how we're judging ourselves
2: I think sometimes' we we'll- I had, and it was actually going to be my quote for the next one, but I'm going to go ahead and read it. You can read it again in a minute, too. It was an unknown. I don't know who said it. But he said, every time I judge someone, I reveal an unhealed part of myself. So that's really what
0: we're doing. It's really not that we're judging others harsher. We're really judging them by a standard we've set for ourselves. Mm. And it's, and it's an unfair standard that we've set. It's a ridiculous standard that we've set for ourselves. And it's based on mistakes we've made that we've never forgiven ourselves right. for. Might Jesus have been implying that when he said that whatever ruler we use to measure others will be applied to us? Now, we often take this little tidbit from the Sermon on the Mount to mean that if we use a certain standard to judge others, the divine will use that standard on us. But could he could He have been implying that the standard we use to judge others is actually a reflection of the strict standard we set for ourselves? I
1: had never put any thought into that before, but I really think it does.
0: Uh, i I think that's going to be the most critical part of, and I have thought of this because I've always said, I've watched so many of the near death experiences where the people are actually basically judging themselves. God's not sitting on the Mm -hmm. throne. There's Jesus. Jesus is actually, there comforting them because they're judging themselves. They're experiencing all of these bad experiences that they've had or the bad emotions they put on others, the bad experiences, uh, uh, that uh, the way they've made other people feel bad. And, uh, and I was I was thinking of this. I was thinking, really, we're probably a much harsher judge. than Well, we are a much harsher judge than God is. Mm-hmm. And that might be a terrible thing if we're actually judging ourselves. Right. Yes. That might be very, very bad. Um, what about... When Jesus talked about forgive in the the model prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Could this also be considered to imply that the reason we're so unforgiving of others is that we're actually unforgiving of ourselves? Now, this is contrary to typical indoctrination where we're taught that the reason we're unforgiven is that we don't forgive others. But might we have gotten a hold of the wrong end of the discussion? Might it be said that we have great difficulty forgiving others because we don't allow ourselves to be forgiving of even the silliest things like wetting our pants in grammar school?
1: I think definitely. I really struggled to forgive myself of, like Taffy said, things that I've said in the past that that person probably... Never even thought twice about when I said it, but in the back of my head, I'm going, why did you do that?
0: And to get a hold of this, we we, we look at this at totally different. We're indoctrinated to look at it, to, but what if it is that the reason we're so unforgiving is because we're really unforgiving of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't practice forgiveness within. So we don't think anybody, I mean, basically, how can you, for, you know, th- that's where I get hung up with that, that. Uh,
2: But I think that that comes in from the Christian aspect of God died for or Jesus died for all of our sins, but you still have to do something to, you know, and you have to repent of those sins and you have to, and if God is convicting you of them. Then you haven't e, truly had have that guilty yeah. thought. At, that's not always God. I'm going to say how much <laughs> of that
0: is actually the spirit that's exactly. conv- that's it, your mind. That's, yes, that is your mind. Well, I've always said, and I've been saying for years, there's really not an external enemy. The enemy is in your mind. It is. So our enemy so much is much in our is. mind. There's not this external spirit that's in my mind. This is the way I look at it. Don't get offended at me, but there's not this devil, this being with the horns and all of this mm-hmm. that he's running around. He doesn't have to. He's right internal. It's an internal struggle. That's I think Paul got close to talking about that when he said, the things I desire to do, I don't seem to be able to do. Uh-huh. The things I shouldn't do, I find myself wanting to do. Well,
2: that old saying, we are our own worst enemy. Yeah. I can see yeah. it in myself every day. Me too. Uh,
0: let's ask one more question concerning the matter of letting go of thoughts and memories on which we have attached negative energy and emotions. Uh, how many... Of the other students or even the teacher of that class can even remember that event now
1: none of them probably
0: do you think they lay there at night and think boy I remember when Alan did so I mean do you think they're no. <clears throat> do they ever did they ever think of it again oh they might have laughed about it for a day or two and then why because they didn't attach any emotion to that it didn't really mean it that much to them and we've attached all that negative energy to it well And why is that that they don't remember, but yet we remember it? Because they did not attach that negative emotion to that event and keep it alive. We did that all by ourselves. And to what advantage? None. Or how does that serve us in any way? How does that service? I feel like us? it's done nothing
1: today? but hold me back. Well, that's all. Things. That's all
0: it does. It, it restricts us. Do y'all have any more comments on this? Because we're going to do another episode. Next episode is going to be just an extension of this about releasing I really, negative energy.
1: I really think this is a good place to stop because I feel like if our listeners are anything like me, this one's going to take a day or two to mull over and right. process.
0: Well, I just want to say one of the first, and we'll talk about that at the end of the other one. But one of the first uh, hypnosis or meditation I should say the meditation things that I did and and I can't find it anymore it was called let go and let God Mm -hmm. and it was a great and I mean I listened to it and it just disappeared off of YouTube.
1: So if anybody knows where he can listen to that one. Yeah,
0: I don't even know who it was, but it was very, it was it was
1: a
2: woman's voice. Yes, it was it? a woman's
0: voice, and it was great. It Michael was wonderful.
2: Michael has been close.
0: Close to that, yeah, close but this that. one I just, lo- I guess it was because it was the very first one mm. I encountered, and it was so great, and I'd listen to it like two or three times a day and yeah. daily. I'd listen to it at night, and then it just disappeared. But anyway, um, I guess with that thought, until next time, may the Divine's Unconditional Grace, Peace, and Love be on in and radiate out from each of you, our fellow seekers, from all of us here at God Beyond the Bible.
1: Did you enjoy listening to God Beyond the Bible? Do you have an idea for an episode? Connect with us today. Visit our website at GodBeyondTheBible.com, all one word, or send us an email at email at GodBeyondTheBible.com, or you can visit us on Facebook. Just type God Beyond the Bible into the search bar.